Welcome. This is the Public Relations Review Podcast, a program to discuss the many facets of public relations with seasoned professionals, educators, authors, and others. Now, here is your host, Peter Woolfolk. Welcome to the Public Relations Review Podcast and to our listeners all across America and around the world. Today, our program will focus on some of the public relations professionals of the future. They are student members of the University of Nebraska at Omaha Public Relations Student Society of America. Now, this PRSSA chapter made history at the 2020 PRSA Nebraska Paper and Bill Awards by earning, let me listen, listen, a record 17 awards, including three that competed against professional firms. For example, in the professional division, they won three awards of excellence. In the student division, they hauled in the Best of Show Award. And with their Talk Not Talking Points project, more on that later. In addition, they collected 11 awards of excellence and some others. Now, joining me from the University of Nebraska at Omaha, my guests today are Karen Weber. She is a lecturer at the School of Communications there, and she oversees the Student Public Relations Society. Kylie Squires, she is the president of the uh, PRSSA chapter there. Sarah Fixner, she is a December graduate and the former director of the Maverick PR, which is the student PR firm there, and former PRSSA vice president of events. Also, Amaya Solorana, a May, May graduate and the former vice president of diversity and inclusion in finance and the um, uh, Maverick PR account executive. And uh, let me see, Okina Tron, uh, she's also a May graduate and the former PRSSA president and as well as an account executive at the Maverick PR. So, Karen, to kick this off, let's give, have you give our listeners an overview of what it is you do at the PRSSA chapter and what you do at the Maverick PR firm. And we'll just pick it up from there. Okay. Well, thank you for having me, Peter. Uh, when I became the faculty advisor for the University of Nebraska at Omaha PRSSA chapter, it was fairly dormant, inactive, and uh, one of the first things I decided to focus on was uh, service learning, community service, because I truly believe that you learn PR by doing. So from 1999 to 2007, we, you know, we took on different projects. We helped our local food bank. We helped um, uh, children's uh, causes. Uh, and then in 2007, uh, after I had been to a national PRSSA conference, I heard about student firms, and I thought, that's what we need at um, – at our university to take it a step further and give uh, students even more responsibility and uh, more uh, professional experience. So, uh, so I founded uh, Math PR with another professor. We had five students and one client. Uh, the client was actually our dean uh, of our new college, uh, Communication, Fine Arts, and Media. Uh, we were formerly in arts and sciences, and then we joined um, the, the fine arts. And, and uh, so, so uh, 
our first uh, major tactic was doing an online newsletter to uh, so that the different uh, divisions could get to know each other. And and since then we build we've built it into an award winning um, uh, firm, and uh, we've we've had uh, just a variety of nonprofit clients and small business clients and. Um, the money that we earn, because uh, we do charge uh, fees, um, it, it all goes back to professional development so that the students can uh, attend international conferences and regional conferences. And uh, we also uh, use some of the money that we earn for, uh, for to help our service because um, Maverick PR is nationally affiliated with PR SSA, and so as you can see from the young women that uh, who are going to talk tonight, um, uh, they are both uh, they were both leaders in the chapter and also in our firm. Mm -hmm. Well, let's then also talk about the, uh, the the major award you got, the Best of Show Award, Talk Not Talking Points. One of your students can perhaps give me an overview of what that uh, project is, how you came about developing that particular project, and how you scoped out, let's say, set up, if you will, what it was you're going to do and how you're going to go about it. So who, who would like to take the lead on that one? Well, Okina, you are the project director, so do you want to take the lead on that? So for not, uh, Talk Not Talking Points, that was a competition uh that we kind of uh, put the project forth. So we did the 2019 Bateman case study competition, and that's how um, Talk Not Talking Points came about. <clears throat> and Karen did, like, a really nice job with just gathering students to go about this major uh, campaign that we're doing. And I think one of the greatest things about the campaign was just the students behind it. We're all students of color uh, from the University of Nebraska at Omaha, so we were able to bring really great insight just because this is something that is so personal to us, just because the project was really about diversity and inclusion in the communications and public relations space. And so as upcoming students of color in this professional setting, it definitely hit home for us, and we were trying to think of ways that, you know, really connect connect us to like people within our community um maya was also a really great part of this um this project um we took the project and the brief at hand and we really uh created something that was tangible and also something i think was super unique uh which was the gamification part of it where we took just different questions that we've had um for professionals and also just things for us to reflect on and we turned it into a card game and we gave it to different stakeholders within the Omaha community and that really brought together not only um, professionals but also just students at the university that would potentially want to work at these places in Omaha and really getting their foot in the door um, and having these conversations. But yeah, Maya, do you have any? Well, well let me ask you a question. Now. When you said you created uh, the cards, what did the cards do and what is it that you wanted to get from the people who got those cards? What was expected and what sort of interaction were you expecting to develop and did you develop? Yeah, absolutely. So with the cards, we just had questions. I believe we had about 25 questions that we really made these cards for smaller groups. Um, 
that's what we envision for just because having these conversations sometimes when you have conversations with so many people sometimes it can be overwhelming so we wanted to make sure that it was like a very intimate kind of like five person group and basically they were just um questions ranging from like um what are we doing as a company to uh bring forth people of color or what are we doing for our personal like workspace to make it so that they feel comfortable in the workspace kind of just those questions along the line and we gave it to quite a few different stakeholders ranging from corporate to agency to nonprofit and it was really just for them to just take it in an internal workspace and just really ask those hard hitting questions for themselves um and we also too brought it forth to our students as well just to think about um some of those questions if they ever had any for future interviews. Now, who sat down and thought of the questions to ask and how did you did you measure success one of uh, your group or did you also measure success of those who took the cards to use them at their own workplaces? Did you measure success there? How did you go about determining how well this activity performed? Sure. Uh, Mai, do you want to take that one? Sorry, I feel like I've been kind of talking a lot. <laughs> no, you're, you're fine. How we came up with the questions was we first did our secondary and primary research to figure out, you know, from the stakeholders how companies are implementing diversity and inclusion, if they even are at all. And then from those answers, we were able to kind of create questions for workplaces and classrooms to ask these questions because they are very deep and meaningful and it needs to be in an appropriate setting. And then how we measured everything, we came up with goals and tactics. We didn't, we didn't think about including the goals of the companies, organizations, and classrooms that we gave the cards to, but we were able to measure our success by reaching over 60 organizations in the Omaha area, and to us, that's a huge win, especially with um, how small uh, the Omaha community really is and kind of how everyone seems to know each other, and we felt that was a success in itself, reaching that many organizations and it ranged from really big companies like HDR to small nonprofits uh, in the Omaha area. Now, did they report back to you their successes or just how it turned out or how it benefited their particular organizations? Any, any percentage of these companies that took the cards? Um, we didn't really hear back from them. We still, even like a couple months back, another person on the team was still receiving requests for these decks. So we see a need for them continuing to grow. Okay. Well, what other projects? I mean, you've had, as I said, uh, close to 17 awards. What, what was one of the other major awards that the uh, you guys won down there? That is a really good question. Uh, Kylie, Sarah, I mean, you guys were at the national awards this last year. Yeah, I was going to say, um, we could either talk about, I was thinking, Petapup from the Paper Anvils, or we could talk about this year's national awards. Um, is, do you have any preference, Peter, or just talk away? Well, you know, you guys tell me the ones that you enjoyed, the ones that you thought were most effective, you know, how you went about deciding what project to put together and then how you measured success. Yes, I, 
Kylie, I think you should talk about Pedipup, and I think you should talk about Ultra Chic, the social media campaign. Pedipup was actually one of my PR or my PR class projects that Karen um, was the teacher for too. And so, as she was talking about doing service learning, she likes to incorporate that with her classes to kind of help students prepare for like whether they're going to be in PSA or Maverick PR or just the real world in general, like working with clients. And so one of my or my client was a nonprofit here in Omaha called Grief's Journey. And so it's a nonprofit that offers free bereavement support groups for all ages here. And so they reached out and wanted something. They wanted to get more of their target audience just like kind of expanded in a sense to younger college students. Right now, their target audience was like families, and that was kind of what they were targeting, but they wanted to get the word out to different college students, and they had a previous relation already with UNO, and so they were one of the clients, and what it was, and so our team basically came up with Pedipop, as in National Grief Awareness Day was August 30th, or is August 30th, and so we were like, okay, we wanted to tie in, and that's right when back to school started, and we wanted to tie in something to do with the back to school events at school because we know that like people people are going to these and keep in mind this is pre-COVID as well this is in 2019 and our big pet pup was like okay we partnered with Midlands Pet Therapy dogs here and so we we're like okay let's get some therapy dogs here and just kind of make it an awareness event so nothing super crazy um, just having students like already coming by for the back to school events so to kind of see mm-hmm. like, okay, what is this happening right now? And so, you know, we had dogs as kind of like the catcher or like the, you know, catch your attention. And so we had a, our group basically, we pitched to the media. So we had two different news outlets, um, TV stations cover us, as well as a magazine, the UNO school newspaper, and I believe another, just like some social media in general. So we got that covered. And basically the results were just talking about what Grief's Journey is, how it is for all ages, how, you know, like, because that's another thing with college is everyone's kind of busy and stressed with other things. And it's like, if you lose someone in your life and it's like, maybe, you know, you don't know where to go. And it's like, Grief's Journey is there for everyone. And so their big idea was like, let's just get the word out to these college students, not necessarily like recruit them, just like, hey, we're here if we need, just kind of the whole, again, the Grief, the National Grief Awareness Day, August 30th. And so that was that. So from that project, it actually ended up spiraling. So we, when we pitched it to the client, she ended up loving it. She like wanted to go ahead with it um, and execute it. So that was in the spring when we pitched it to her. And then we ended up that following August, so just three, four months after that, um, is when we, PRSSA is what kind of put the whole project together. So we worked with, again, the PRSSA members and Sub Maverick PR and just to actually execute it. So the planning, the media pitches, like we talked about, partnering with Midland Pet Therapy, how many dogs are we going to be, um, where are we going to host this at? And so, yeah, that was basically just a big awareness event, and it ended up, like I said, got lots of different media traction, um, different coverage, different social media outreach as well. And so, yeah, that's basically just the overall pedipop, and I thought it was just amazing to see some just an idea that we had in a class end up being um, executed to an event and a very successful one, too. Okay. I noticed that you did mention uh, the media pitches. Who handled that? How did you go about putting together what the pitch would be, who would do it, and, uh, you know, what experience did you gain from doing that? 
So I actually was the one that was handling the media coordination, and thanks to Karen and her amazing PR writing and classes, she's the one that kind of helped me with writing the media pitches as well as just taking her class and getting more of a journalistic style. And so I was the one that, and so Maverick PR has a list of media list contacts. And so I went through that list and say, okay, we were going through what, sh- like what media outlets are going to be best to see this event and who should we pitch it to. And so once I had the media release and the um, pit- media release and the media advisory um, written, I had emailed the point of contact from the news station or the outlets and then Yeah, kind of just went from there, and how I went about it is just, again, we worked together as a team to review it, also Karen's great editing skills as well, and just basically pitched, like, yeah, this is an on-campus, yeah, it's on-campus at UNO, but anyone can attend. We even had some people walking through the park, they're like, oh, what is this, and, you know, and they're like, we're dogs, and so even though it wasn't, it was targeted to the students, we had it in the Elmwood Park, which is a park right outside our school. And so, yeah, we had different bystanders, people walk by, and also to learn about their message and who they were. Well, that, that sounds like it uh, went, went very, very well for you. One of the things that I also wanted to maybe approach is uh, what other sort of outside projects that uh, you as individuals do you do away from the school that's related to your PR curriculum? Sarah, do you want to talk about some of our clients that, that we most recently worked for? That's a good idea. So as she mentioned, I was the firm director for Maverick PR through summer 2020 and fall 2020. And we lost a lot of clients in the spring because we had a lot of um, event planning clients and those did not follow through because of COVID. But fortunately, throughout the summer, we actually picked up some clients and they most of them ended up being like health clients. So we had one consultant who specializes in hormone replacement therapy and Botox. And then we have another one who specializes in hair transplants. And he is the only one who does his specialized method in the Omaha area. Um, But he also does like IV therapies and Botox and that kind of aesthetic medicine. And the one we had to do a complete branding for. So one of our very talented graphic designers on staff just created a brand for her, including logos and colors. And we started social media for her and her website. And then for the other one, DGMD, we did mostly social media and uh, we did a direct mailer for him. And that work is still ongoing this semester, even though I'm not a part of it. But we also got to do a really fun project for, a, what is he, a periodontist? Yes. Right yeah, a periodontist yes. in Omaha over quarantine made some a long list of these cocktails. He, like, became a neurologist over quarantine. And um, we got to make a quarantine cocktails book for him and that was a fun project he had I think over a hundred of them so we had a photographer go socially distant photo shoot to his house and took some pictures of him making the cocktails and the overall feeling of it the design of the book was warm and just a lot of fun to make even though business slowed down with COVID, we were fortunate to still pick up clients during COVID. And all of our clientele 
come from word of mouth. So because of our services to other nonprofits, uh, we kind of gain other clients through those connections. So we are very fortunate and lucky that we still have. Well, well, let me ask you now, how do you, maybe as an individual group, how do you, let's say for the, uh, the cocktail clients there, how do you measure success? You know, the fact that you put together the flyers and maybe some media coverage and on social media, but how do you measure the success of the overall project? Have, have you guys worked that out? Because it might vary for each individual uh, client, doesn't it? Yes. Uh, a lot of these projects, uh, the, the measurement is still ongoing. For instance, over the summer and early fall, we were hired by the Nebraska Association for the Human Resources, and we did a series of videos to promote the major of, you know, a human resources major in our College of Business. And, you know, they put that series of videos and they're hoping that it's going to increase recruitment. Now, it's going to take probably 12 months to 18 months before, you know, we can really measure, uh, did it, did it help? The same way with, you know, uh, building clientele, you know, for a brand new business, you know, it takes a while. Uh, we have, like, like when the students write their, their, uh, their plans for a client, they always put in an, an evaluation measurement. And, okay. and some of, some of that, you know, takes, takes a while to, to do, but it, it's, it's, it's a very important aspect, uh, that's for sure. The return on investment is, is important. So there's a, um, there, there is one, uh, project that we did that, that Kylie, you know about the results, and that's the, the project for the Ultra Chic Boutique for the Alzheimer's Association, you had some measurable results there. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So the Ultra Chic Boutique was a is an annual event here in Omaha where um, that is partnered with our local dry cleaning, Maxi Walker, and they host this event where throughout an entire year, people can donate their lightly or just any dresses, whether that's a formal homecoming prom dress, um, to this dry cleaning company they will you know clean it up for free and everything and their big event every year is called ultra chic boutique and that's where the general public or anyone can really just come in shop for these dresses for only thirty dollars and then at the last hour okay. they're only twenty and that's amazing because it just and oh and i forgot to mention and all the proceeds a hundred percent of the proceeds go to the nebraska alzheimer association and again it just like you know prom dresses are so expensive and like dresses can get expensive and like on um, having, yeah, these dresses probably are only worn once or twice, if that. And so having this opportunity to anyone that, you know, wants to dress and wants to, you know, go to prom, homecoming, or just to have one, young professionals, or, yeah, there was even wedding dresses there that you could get for only $30. And so what the Max I Walker wanted to do is, though that their target audience are, like, younger, you know, younger adults, they wanted to target high schoolers mostly because they haven't they you know they pitch it to the media and everything but they didn't really have a social media presence with that it was mainly like one facebook page 
and um, they had a bunch of different ages, but um, they had talked to, they, we had, so PRSA has volunteered um, to help out at the actual day of event um, with social media coverage and live streaming and all that, but they wanted to do something different. So last year they reached out about doing um, an influencer campaign. And so we actually helped launch, yeah, their first ever influencer campaign where, yeah, we're targeting high, kind of like, you know, high school age students. And so what we put together is we kind of, you know, we gathered our sources and we figured we did some research on local influencers. And when I say influencers, I mean more like younger, like, you know, people that just have um, large followings for, and large mm -hmm. engagement on their social media platforms. And so we knew, um, just some PRSA people knew some um, UNL students that had great followings. Like some people had like 5,000 plus followers and got like hundreds and hundreds of likes and from all ages, again, college, high school, um, was their main target or their main platform or not platform? Oh, I can't think of the word. Demographic. They had like the the college high school demographics, and that's what they were targeting. But again, they didn't have really those people that were following them. So what PRSSA did was we reached out some to UNO students. We also had some siblings or friends of friends that had um, some people in high school that had large followings and great engagement. And so we ended up gathering a group of six girls. And so throughout the course of about I would say the planning started about like two months in. Um, we reached out to Maxi Walker. We got the, so we got these girls and they we, we connected them with Maxi Walker and they had like dress fittings to basically come in and try on these different dresses. And PRSSA offered you know a free photo shoot to get different content and media made. We also made a little video like promo video for Ultra Chic too because again that's something I've never had before. And so we mm -hmm. had these girls. We took photos of them and for. Um, and that was all the planning and kind of getting that together. But in the course of about four to five weeks, the girls had, we made a content calendar for them with just kind of like caption ideas. It wasn't like super strict and like you have to post on this day and this time, but more of, okay, um, we had a contract with them in a sense of, okay, as long as you post like, things like three to four times a week, whether that's your, um, throughout different um, platforms, they're, um, it was it's all a volunteer, by the way. And so with that, we had them, yeah, post on their social media. They got thousands and thousands of engagement. The actual um, amount of impressions, I believe it was like over 15,000 impressions. And so with that, again, they were post a few times a week, these six girls for about four or five weeks. And we noticed, yeah, lots of engagement. People, the, um, What ended up happening was after they calculated all their dress, like their proceeds from that event, um, it was over $4,000 more than previous years. Yeah, and so yeah. and they also had a line outside the door. They never like line that went all the way around the building and they've never had that before. And so that was a really amazing feeling just to be like, you know what? Like we did this. This was an influencer came campaign. Like this is the first ever and it was very successful. Um unfortunately we couldn't do it this year just due to COVID, but you know, they're already in the process of planning for twenty twenty two's um ultra chic boutique and so that is definitely something we'd love to help out with again and just the idea of yeah an influencer campaign see so many girls in high school and college like that's the target audience and no one even knew about it really it was mostly like families and like kind of just people that because of max like walker who really follows you know a dry cleaning company that like our age on facebook and keeping up to date with all their um events and stuff and so that was definitely um a great feeling to have such a great return on the event or the campaign. well let, let me hear from each one of you what you know, once have graduated uh, what it is that you would like to do in public relations. Just uh, just meet one of you. I just have an interest in uh, what you would like to do. Why don't you start, uh, 
Maya? Because you're already you, you're already working in a in a great job. Yeah, so um, I'm actually working at a PR firm based out of New York right now, um, and I focus a lot on social impact, whether it be in workforce or racial discrimination. And I also get to do uh, work with nonprofits, entertainment clients, foundations. I kind of get to touch a lot of uh, different subject matters right now in my work. And I think that's really, it's been really fun. And it's a really like great work environment, even being remote right now. So it makes me even more excited to work and like get to the office in person, hopefully soon within the next year. So, so what have you learned that uh, you were not expecting uh, when you started working for this firm? What new came up? <laughs> oh, man, it was like a whirlwind. Honestly, like um, you think you can be so prepared before you go into the workforce. You can think you can think, you know, everything. And then I I learned so much. I'm still learning like every day. Um, just even small things like the way that we write press releases and media advisories is just, you know, a little bit different than the way we would write it in school, the fast turnaround time, because in agency life, it's super, super fast. You have to get everything done as soon as possible. And it, I just continue to learn. And the fact that I get to work with all of these amazing people every day who have had such amazing experiences and helped me grow, it's been unbelievable. Well, great. Now, who's next? I, I can go next. Um, okay. So I'm working as a junior associate at Weber Shanwick in the D.C. office, and I get to do – D.C. is my hometown, by the way. <laughs> oh, that's that's wonderful. I, I'm so excited for when the office opens back up and I can just go into the office and just explore D.C. just because it's I, I love it there. It's so great. The last time I went was about a few years ago, so it will be really nice to go back as, as an adult working at an agency like Weber. But I get to do an array of things from media relations. Um, my main focus of work is actually in social impact and also the public affairs, which is very suiting just because um, we have a arm of Weber Shamit called Palatate, which is like our public affairs focused. Okay. And so I get to work on some Palatate accounts as well as just some good old social impact work. Um, some of the clients I get to work on is like Facebook, um, USAID Feed the Future, I get to work on some industrial base coalitions focusing on aircraft carriers and warships. So I, I definitely get to learn a lot of things on the job when it comes to those really unique clients. Well, let me, let me just throw this in. Uh, as I said, I'm from Washington, D.C., and I've got some uh, best experience. I was the, uh, when you mentioned public affairs, because I worked on Capitol Hill. I was the press secretary for the chairman of the House Education and Labor Committee. For, for about four or five years. And uh, then I went into the Clinton campaign where I was his uh, campaign manager for the second one in Delaware. And then I was a, a, a communications manager at the inaugural committee. And uh, then I went into the administration where I was communications director for assistant secretary of, uh, of education. But I also have a background in radio and TV and satellite and all that sort of stuff. So if you really, I mean, in D.C., you really have to hit the ground running because you learn because things are fast up there and it's active and a lot of people at it. So just thought I would uh, throw that in. Okay, who's next? 
Go ahead, Sarah. I am not out of New York or D.C., although I'm very, very proud of those two for chasing their dreams and getting their dream jobs in dream locations. But my dream location was always Des Moines, Iowa, as not as exciting as it sounds as New York or D.C., but I work for an association management company, so we manage associations. I get to work on national and international clients, which is really, really cool. Um, Uh But I am on my third week of work, so I don't have my complete, complete workflow done yet. But I do get to work on clients like the Secret Service, the U.S. Secret Service Association, and Stadium Manager Association. So we get to work with stadium managers like NFL. Uh, stadiums, MLB stadiums, even some Canadian stadiums. So those are some really cool clientele. And on that, I'm working more with membership and community engagement, although I am doing marketing and communications for my security clients. Um, So right now, that's just kind of looking like a lot of um, graphic creation, social media, and stuff like that. But when I hit the ground running on membership, then... Like I said, it'll just be a lot of reaching out to members and kind of gauging their satisfaction with the association, what they want to see from the association, collecting dues and all of that stuff. So really new at it, but I'm super excited for um, what's to come in the future. Well, let let me say one of the things that I think is important because I work for an association myself when I was in D.C., the more you have the broader the background is that you have the better off you are see because i learned primarily public questions i was in radio i started by just <laughs> learning radio from midnight in the morning that's the only time they let me in there to train me so i learned radio there uh when i got my i was offered an opportunity to have a tv show i i didn't know anything about television i had to go ask somebody should i do this and then i had to hire somebody to tell me what to do <laughs> So, so the more you, but I learned all of these things when I was at this association. One of the things I learned how to do because I was in that office was how to uplink and downlink satellites programs. So I mean that was, I mean you don't probably don't use that as much now simply because of uh, um, uh, video conference calls. But those kind of things. So wherever you are, be the best you can be. That's what I want to emphasize. Be the best you can be because, ladies, I'm telling you. And because I, I, I do lecture a, a, a PR students around, around the natural area where I'm now, is that you've got a lot of students who are after the same jobs that perhaps you are after. So that's why you've got to be on your toes and be the best you can be regardless of where you're working right now because I'm telling you, some folks are sharp and some of them are not as sharp as they should be. So that is my, <laughs> my advice to you right now. So who has some other things that they'd like to talk about that we just haven't touched on yet? Well, Kylie, tell them how you're preparing for graduation in May. Oh, yeah. So I'm the only one over here that I still have one more, you know, one more semester left. But I do graduate in May, which is exciting. Preparing-wise, um, honestly, I've just been really – with COVID, it's been, you know, difficult. With everything, the job market and everything, and internships and just other opportunities. But I luckily landed – I just recently started a – internship out of a product and design innovation firm in San Francisco, which is actually one of my, I mean, one of my favorite cities. 
And so that's super exciting. But basically right now I'm doing marketing and communications further as an intern. Like I said, I just started last week, so I can't really go too much depth. What I'm excited about is that they have big clients that they help launch these products for from like Uber and Google and Samsung. And so that's something I look forward to with being on these accounts and helping with that. But what I love about just like marketing communications PR is that you can I mean, every company needs that. And so it's really cool to just to have different opportunities to work in different industries. Um, I'm not really sure what my dream industry would be right now. I think it would be cool to work in like travel and tourism or even just like video production. I'm also really interested in and I do photography on the side and kind of just like, you know, digital media and marketing is something I'm very passionate about. Um, I've had the opportunity to work in different industries like, you know, commercial real estate and healthcare and nonprofit. And so right now I'm just kind of seeing where life takes me. I'm not sure exactly where I'm going to end up, but I do want to move. Uh, that's the one thing I, I want to move, you know, sometime this fall or winter um, or next, I guess, technically next winter. And yeah. Well, one of the things well, I'll, I'll say is learn as much as you can. You know, don't be afraid to step up and offer to do something to help out. I'm telling you, the more you learn, because internships, is, you're on stage. People are looking at you to see, are you the person I want to bring into this organization? And standing by, being quiet and nice and polite, I mean, that's a nice, warm thing to do. But if you think this is something you'd like to do or be involved in, ask them. Let them know, is there any way that I can get involved in this project? Because I would like to do that. I'd like to learn about that. That's the sort of initiative, the initiative that people are looking for. And I say this simply because when I was working for the Assistant Secretary of Education, one of the things they asked me to do is to, to bring in uh, interns. I saw a wide range of people. Those who got me interested and made me pay attention to those who did things on their own, who took the initiative to go get things done. Passing your examinations is all well and good, but people want to pay, they're going to pay you to do things. The more that you show willingness to do it, the things that you've done, and the openness you are to receiving and getting the job done, that is really going to set you apart from the others in the group. And uh, that's uh, another one of my, my 10 cents worth of speeches. So who else is somebody that can contribute? Well, Peter, one thing that I'd like to add to that is in my 30 years of teaching journalism and public relations, these four young women have really epitomized going above and beyond. I mean, all four of them had more than one internship. Too many times I see students who just want to skate by they want to do the bare minimum. At our university, we do require one internship, but they had multiple internships. They took advantage of unpaid fellowships, and they took advantage of, of different service learning projects and volunteering for different projects. And, and I think that's, that's going to really bode well for the future of their careers. They're just starting out, but I, I, I must say I'm very proud of each one. Well, that, that certainly sounds great to me. And as I listen to the things that you've done, quite honestly, I'm impressed by all of you because you took the initiative, you rolled up your sleeves, you got in and you got the job done. That is what people are looking for, for public relations the folks are looking for because it is a busy job. I mean, there are a lot of things to do. I still learn on the job from time to time. <laughs> and I've been at it for a long, long time. 
So, ladies, uh, I want to thank uh, all of you, and Karen, thank you for putting this together for me, and I'd like to say thank you to all of you. As I mentioned, you will be getting a copy of this uh, probably in the next few days that uh, you can use. So I'd like to say once again thank you to uh, members from the uh, University of Nebraska Omaha's Public Relations Student Society of America, and I'd thank, like to thank all of my listeners for uh, listening. And uh, please let your, your friends know about uh, the Public Relations Review. And if you've enjoyed the show, please, we look forward to you receiving your review. Have a great day and listen to the next episode. This podcast is produced by Communication Strategies, an award-winning public relations and public affairs firm headquartered in Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you for joining us.